absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. Hey everybody, welcome to the zoo. This is your host, the Who am I? I'm the Sex Panther. I forgot who I was for a minute because I was gonna introduce my co-host, Chubby Zebra. Zebra, what's going on? Uh just trying to recover from a, a rough Friday turn Saturday. Zebra was plowed by a tight end in the safety last week, and for the second time this year hit the ground. And that wasn't the worst of the weekend. The worst of the weekend was the 0-5 Saturday, which was an embarrassment. Uh, Arkansas didn't do me any favors by giving a touchdown away and hitting it upright. And, you know, those things happen, but they don't happen all in the same day with multiple teams. And But 0-5 is 0-5, so now I sit at like 7-13 and on the year, and that's not good. No, not good, especially when you were rebounding. The week before, he had rebounded really good. So, um, you know, we bet typically five games each week. Uh, so you can you can close the gap with just reversing it with a 5-0. and oh. The thing that stands out to me, you know, I do this with um, the guys on the main show, Arch and Max. Um, you and I, we, we don't talk about the games. You send me your list. I put together my list. And each week, we've actually been on – a, a few of the same games. Um, and then when we agree on the, the same team in those games, we're actually only two and four. We lost another one last week with North Carolina. Notre Dame finally showed up. Maybe it looked like that team. I thought they were supposed to be the first three weeks, but uh, I took that loss with you. I went three and two leaves me at 11 and 11. So we're still kind of struggling to get out of the gate. Um, anything else about last week you want to reminisce about? No, that was it. Other other than I did have a nice solid run at the casino and then did see my beloved Chicago Bears in person take down the Houston Texans. So at least the weekend rebounded well. Hey, nothing like nothing like getting those tier points and a little cash and watching your team win. So uh, it wrapped up good. Got your DoorDash out of the way. We got our picks ready and we're ready to rock and roll. Start out out of the gate. You sent me your picks, and first one on the list, you're looking at the Oklahoma Sooners going to TCU, take on the Horn Frogs. Yeah, uh, Big 12 matchup uh, between Oklahoma and TCU. Oklahoma had 550 yards of offense last week, but they wound up leaving points on the field in the loss to K-State. Dylan Gabriel was not sharp, to say the least, missing a lot of open receivers on deep balls that cost Oklahoma you know, numerous points. OU was four, four for 13 on third down and had 11 penalties. So they need to clean things up and become a little sharper this week. TCU's defense is nowhere near as good as K-State's. The Horn Frogs are coming off a win over SMU and what I'll call the Sonny Dykes Bowl, being that he was the former Mustangs coach and current Horn Frogs coach. TCU moved the ball, but faced a questionable defenses all year. 
could this actually be a quote letdown spot for TCU after the Sunny Dykes Bowl? OU, they're better than they showed last week versus K-State and should be up for the challenge this week because they cannot afford back-to-back conference losses. Although under different staffs, Oklahoma is 6-1 against the spread versus TCU and 7-2-1 in the last 10 as a single-digit road favorite. That being said, those are enough reasons for me to jump on Oklahoma because it's less than a touchdown. I'll lay the six and a half and take the Sooners on the road. Yeah, Oklahoma, I got a little sore spot with them. That was one of my losses last week. I, with Will Venerables being the um, head coach and coming over from Clemson and his ability to put together defensive packages and, and just, just an absolute brilliant guy. I, I like the guy. Watching him give up 41 points to K-State just kind of made me pull back a little bit. That I did not see that coming. Uh, you know, I like what we've seen offensively from the Sooners. I mean, other than that K-State game, they really haven't been challenged, right? UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska, who's garbage. That was their only other away game. So we don't know what they are on the road. We really don't know that much about TCU. They haven't played anybody either. Um, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma should be better than TCU by more than a touchdown, but with with no real competition um, between the two teams, really, uh, as far as opponents go, it's just really hard for me to trust Oklahoma, especially after laying that defensive egg against Kansas State last week. So I'll lean Oklahoma, not a game that I was on. A game that I am on, though, first up for me, is going to be Fresno State at the UConn Huskies. Now, this might not be one of the more interesting games on the board, but we're not doing a podcast for interesting. We're doing a podcast for sports betting, and I'm looking for games that I think I can win some money, and this one stands out. Now, Fresno State's not exactly great, but but this is a team that will pretty much play anybody. They played USC two weeks ago, and that didn't fare well. They were on the road and got trounced pretty good. But they do put up offensive numbers. They, they put up 487 yards per game. Um, they're, they're balanced. They get over 300 passing, over 150 rushing. Um, but against USC, they just could not find the end zone. They really struggled. Um, week before that, they lost to Oregon State by a field goal. They, they were in that game. Uh, but before that, they, they – I don't even know who the hell CP is. They played CP. I don't – it had to be a 1AA school. And they trounced Cal Poly. Them. Cal Poly. Is that one double A? Hell, that could be NAIA. <laughs> oh, God. Cal Poly is like a volleyball school to me. I'll put UConn Huskies in the same boat. UConn's garbage. This team's absolutely shit. Uh, their last three games, they have been outscored 148 to 24. Now, Power, power Five schools, Syracuse, that team up north in Ann Arbor, and North Carolina State, two of those being ranked. But for God's sake, you can't score. UConn's actually been one of the worst teams in the country for probably the last decade um, since they came up to 1A or Bowl Series or whatever they call it now. Um, this, this isn't an endorsement of Fresno State, but it's an indictment of UConn. I think they're garbage. They suck. 256 yards of offense, only 92 yards passing. Air Force does that. They don't even pass the ball. UConn's just terrible. I think Fresno State covers the 24, uh, so I'm on the Bulldogs uh, for one unit. 
you're taking a team that's traveling across the country, comes from a non-Power 5 conference, and you're laying three-plus touchdowns? Tell me you agree. I didn't even realize this game was being played until you said you wanted to bet it. Uh, That's it. No other takes? No, I'm just going to let you have that one, and we can either pat you on the back or make more fun of you next week. Uh, Well, you know, making fun of me seems to be what goes on in the book club. All right, next game up. This is your game. You want to look at Michigan State taking on Maryland. little Big Ten action. Yeah, let's 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 um, get into the Big Ten a little bit. Um, I'm not sure Michigan State coaches uh, they were able to find anything positive from last week's last week's debacle against Minnesota. If anything, maybe we figured out Minnesota's really damn good. Michigan State they were dominated in every aspect of the game, falling to the Gophers 34 to seven at home. However, Maryland. They're a far cry from Minnesota. If there's ever a game for Michigan State to get their running game going, it's this week. Michigan ran for over 200 yards and 6.1 yards per carry versus Michigan last week, so Sparty should try to establish a strong run game. Peyton Thorne, he just hasn't been good this year, and a solid running attack may be be exactly what he needs. Little taggle of Tagaviola. We get to watch his brother play tonight, who's actually looking like an NFL quarterback, but I don't think this one is. He's looked like a Heisman candidate when playing inferior opposition, but as soon as he faces a decent defense, he becomes a below-average quarterback. Last year, he torched Michigan State for 350 yards, although there were 51 pass attempts. His top receiver, Raheem Jarrett, has been banged up and won't be at full strength if he plays at all on Saturday. This game opened at Maryland three and a half and quickly got bet up to seven after Michigan State's poor showing at Minnesota against Minnesota. I can't turn down the touchdown. I'm going to take the seven. That's actually seven and a half now. I'm going to take the touchdown in the hook and take Michigan State to cover the spread. Let's see if this induces any panic for you. I'm seeing it Caesars eight and a half. I will take the eight and a half gladly. Thank you very much. That is a lot of movement. Now, granted, injuries. Um, I don't know if there's supposed to be like some hurricane getting up to Maryland by the time this this game is played, tropical storm, anything like that. I, I have no idea. That That is a lot of movement. Now, I'm going to say something. It's easy for me to shit on the team from Ann Arbor, but the, the Michigan schools, uh, Ann Arbor and Sparty here, have gotten fat off of the Mac. I'd argue that these are the two best teams in the Mac that aren't actually in the conference because they play them religiously every year. Once Sparty got away from the Mac, you know, they went to Washington. That game wasn't even as close as the score indicated touched on that last week. They got bitch slapped by Minnesota. Now you're going against a Maryland team that played the Wolverines pretty tough, only lost by a touchdown. Um, this team can move the ball. As you'd mentioned, Tagovoa can, can throw, he can sling it. Um, I, I think Maryland wins this game. God, eight and a half points. That's kind of a tough pill to swallow. So, uh, uh, we're going to lay off this game. I'm going to lean Sparty, not because I think they win, but I think they at least show up and, and cover the eight and a half. 
mean, moving it from three and a half to eight and a half is a huge movement. That's I mean, a monster you're, move. you're moving through four, you're moving through seven. There's got to be some big money, some sharp money on, on this. But, you know, sharp money also is when you take a team at the top of the spread. And I think I'm getting the eight and a half. So I'm going to view myself as a sharp on this, taking the sharp side. But, you know, I think this is a complete overreaction of Maryland looking good and losing to Michigan by seven and Michigan State looking terrible to Minnesota. You know what happens in these spots. You've done it. I've done it. Everyone's done it. You overreact. And next week you go, how did that happen? How did Michigan State actually win this game based on what happened last week? I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm taking the eight and a half. No, oh, oh, completely agree. All right, next game up, we're going to look at the Washington Huskies at the UCLA Bruins. We're both on this game, so I'm going to let you go ahead and go first. Kalen DeBoer comes from Fresno State and brings his offense, and all it's done is explode with over 300 yards passing per game. Add to it a run defense that stopped both Michigan State and Stanford, and the Huskies sit 4-0 with four excellent performances. Michael Penix Jr., one of the nation's top passers right now. Washington's defense is third in the country in sacks, and the offensive line has been damn near flawless in protecting Penix and opening holes. Two patsies were followed up by impressive wins versus Michigan State and Stanford. This is going to be Washington's first road trip, but the Rose Bowl, uh, they could have more Husky fans there than Bruins fans on Friday night. I mean, this game should be moved to a high school stadium, and I'm not even sure it would fill up then. That's how poorly the UCLA fans have shown up. The Big Ten's got to be loving this. The Bruins, they're 4-0, but have they been truly? Have they been tested at all? They played Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and Colorado, who whew, we've been making fun of them all year. I don't think those four teams could combine forces to form a competitive team in the Pac-12. I was on Washington preseason. They were I was riding that bandwagon, taking the over seven and a half wins for the season. But for some reason last week, I kind of jumped off a bit and thought Stanford plus two TDs was the play, and I paid the price. I do apologize to my former Hoosier coach and quarterback. I'm back on your bandwagon. I've been driving it all season. Washington minus two and a half, my play of the week. Yeah, I'm on this game as well. Um, I, I love what we're seeing out of Michael Penix Jr. Averaging 350 yards per game. He's already thrown 12 tutties. Only one interception. you got to love it when your quarterback protects the ball. Very capable runner as well. But as you mentioned, UCLA, I mean, weak, weak schedule by any standards. Uh, Chip Kelly's been there for a while. You'd think he would have had his, you know, this team going like he had at Oregon. Um, and it, Really never got off the schneid. I don't, I'm not going to read into this 4 and 0 or look at these stats 42 points per game. Like, you haven't played anybody. Um, speaking of fans, like, I don't think it's just a UCLA problem. The Trojans have problems putting people in the seats, the Chargers have problems putting people in the seats, the Rams, who won a Super Bowl, have trouble putting people in the seats. Like, Los Angeles doesn't deserve football. I think is, is my takeaway there. They, they just don't enjoy it or something too many, too many other things to do. But, you know, I look at this game and, and to me, it's Washington in the landslide. I think Washington wins this running away. The two and a half has me scared to death. 
I think that line is ridiculously low. Uh, feels like a trap. Feels like Vegas knows something that you and I don't. Um, but the players don't know it's a trap. So uh, I'm in agreement, which is never a good sign with us. But uh, I'm going to lay that two and a half and put a unit on the Huskies. And at this time, we are going to take our break. This is where Mad Max puts a little commercial in there and find out what you guys listen to or what's going on in your neck of the woods. So, uh, Mad Max, what are we listening to today? Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, Anywhere, use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. And we're back. Next game up. This is one of my games. We're going to start with Central Michigan going to Toledo. A little Mac action. You know, I actually enjoy me some Mac football. They, they don't play a whole lot of defense and they put up some points. Central Michigan, though, this is not the Central Michigan that we've known over the years. Um, that. This is a team that's really struggling right now. Their only win is against Bucknell, which I'm pretty positive is not a 1A school. Um, they are putting up offensive numbers, 446 yards per game, but their defense is Swiss cheese that's been got extra holes from the mice eating at it. Toledo, let's pause here for a minute and talk about Toledo. You almost have to throw their stats out the window because it is – completely thrown off by that drubbing they took from the Ohio State Buckeyes. 77 points, 763 yards. Look, we knew Toledo was going to lose that game, but going into the season, I'm still not off these Rockets. I think this is a really good team um, that can score. That game against San Diego State that they lost last week, statistically, they won the game. It's just that Quan Finn threw three interceptions and another fumble. Turnovers plague them. Uh, so that was a really rough game for the Rockets to, to walk away as the losers. Uh, I think that they rebound at home. Um, you know, the 77 they gave up to Ohio State. The other three games combined, they gave up 27 points. So their defense isn't bad. They just, the Buckeyes are just an absolute mismatch for them. At only seven points, a touchdown. I think the Rockets cover that against the Chippewa. So I'm putting a unit on the boys in Toledo. It makes sense, but does Central Michigan have another Cooper Rush throwing the ball? Man, where'd that guy come from? 
leading the no leading the Cowboys to wins. Very impressive. Yeah. Is that where he came from? Central Michigan. He's a Central Michigan Chippewa. No kidding. You yeah. know, Central Michigan put up players. You remember Brian Kelly came from there. Um, somebody else came from there too. I can't remember, but I had a couple of big name coaches come out of there, but not so much anymore. I, I, your logic with Toledo makes sense. You got to throw the Ohio State game completely out the window, get those stats out the window, and just compare the other three games. The other three games, they look really good. Uh, I would believe they're probably the pride of the MAC. I don't pay that much attention to the MAC until we get to um, probably mid October when they've sold their souls to ESPN and start playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights for MAC and football. So that won't be far from now. And I will start paying a little bit more attention to the MAC, but go Rockets. I appreciate the moral support. Next game up. This one belongs to you. We're going back to the Big 12, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm playing playing the big games this week. I figure I got nothing to lose. Can't do any worse than I did last week. So let's take a look at the ones that people actually want to watch. On paper, this game obviously looks like a completely even matchup. Both passing offenses are very similar. However, the Baylor running game is superior to Oklahoma State's. Baylor has almost double the rushing yards and eight more touchdowns than the Cowboys. I expect Baylor to try to pound the ball on the ground, similar to their 40-carry performance against the very strong Iowa State team that they beat last week. The real betting edge comes with Baylor playing at home, where they're significantly better than when facing when they're facing third downs. Baylor's converted 48% this season and 64% on fourth down, much better numbers at home than on the road. Baylor at home is a threat to move the ball, a threat to move the chains on any down. I'm taking the better offense in this one. I'm laying the two with Baylor. All right, so the home games that you referenced, they played Albany and they played Texas State. I don't know if I'm going to give them too much love for that. Uh, At Iowa State – 31-24 31 to 24 at BYU, double overtime loss, uh, even game. But to your point, yeah, they are better at home. Most teams are better at home. You know, Oklahoma State started out week one against the aforementioned Central Michigan Chippewas and gave up 44 points. Since then, they gave up 17 points to Arizona State, seven points to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yay, whatever. First true road game for the Cowboys going to Baylor. Uh, so the, I think the big question for me is, can they keep up that offensive output? They're averaging nearly 52 points per game. And can their defense keep doing what they're doing against a Baylor team that's averaging 40 and a half? Um, it's interesting because you look at this, you look at the, the offensive numbers they're putting up, over 900 yards of offense, over 90 points between the two teams. Vegas has this total of 56 and a half which makes me think this is probably supposed to be a lower scoring game. If this is a lower scoring game, I actually think I'm going to be leaning the Cowboys here. Plus those points, not a game I was on, but I will wish you the best of luck. Next game up been on them a couple of times. We're going to take a look at the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers hosting the Troy Trojans. You know, there was a time when Troy really wasn't a bad team, a a pretty solid mid-major You kind of almost didn't want to play. They've kind of regressed a little bit. You look at this Troy team, 
Uh, they've lost at Appalachian State by four points. No love lost there. Not, a, not that, that doesn't hurt. Lost at Ole Miss by 18 points. Ole Miss is ranked. So um, nothing there. They beat AAMU. I have no idea who that is. And they beat Marshall, who beat Notre Dame. So Troy's not a bad team. But they're only averaging 23 points per game, and they're giving up 21 points per game. Their metrics are relatively even, you know, offensively yards, defensively yards given up. The thing that stands out to me is they have to throw. They can't run the ball to save their life. They're only getting 66 yards per game from their rushing attack. Now, they're going to go against a Western Kentucky team that I think is just an absolute juggernaut. They've scored at least 30 or more points in every single game, averaging 47 and a half. The one game that they did only score 30 points was a loss to your Indiana Hoosiers at IU. Um, so th this team can, can put them up and against weaker competition, they can kind of shut them down. They, they took care of Hawaii relatively easy. They just came off that big 73 to nothing whooping a Florida international as much as I do like Troy, I don't dislike them. I just think offensively, they don't have the firepower to keep up with a Western Kentucky who can really score anytime they want. Just such an explosive offense. I feel like the five points is a gift, maybe a trap or maybe a little something fishy going on, but I'm just going to say it's a Vegas gift. I'm going to take the Hilltoppers minus the five for a unit. You know, if there's ever a game that you, you want to watch of two teams that you normally don't, this might be it. Uh, Appalachian State-Troy game would have been when one as well. Uh, that was when Appalachian State threw the Hail Mary at the end of the game to beat Troy. This could actually be a good football game to watch. I'm not sure what channel, what time, but if you see it on your TV, spend a couple minutes watching it. I think it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Looks like it's on ESPN Plus, which I am a subscriber, so uh, might be able to catch that one. Uh, all right, last game up. No Notre Dame this week. We had to find a game to kind of pique our interest. Both of us are on this game. Can't wait to hear your take. The undefeated Kentucky Wildcats going down to take on the undefeated Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, Kentucky, they're 4-0 with basically – no running game to sort of speak of yet this year. But quarterback Will Levis is playing like a first-round draft pick, and he might actually be a first-round draft pick this year. And the defense has held up. Kentucky's averaging a, a meek, measly 2.4 yards per carry and ranks 123rd nationally. That's about to change. Running back Chris Rodriguez returns this week after missing the first month of the season uh, due to an off-field issue. Last year, he ran for almost 1,400 yards and nine TDs and should get plenty of carries versus an old Miss defense that surrendered 262 yards on the ground to Tulsa, of all people. Old Miss, they also want to run the ball and have quarterback J Jackson Dart you know, manage the offense. Kentucky, they've been solid against the run this year. They're going to need to continue that to keep Dart into long passing situations. And if that's the case... He's going to struggle. Both teams, they're going to try to control the tempo and get take what's given to them on offense. That being said, I'm taking the pro quarterback. I'm taking the points. I'm taking Kentucky plus seven. I'm calling for the outright upset, but I'll take the points. 
Yeah, th this is this is a very interesting game. I'm really surprised by the seven. I thought this might be closer to you know a two or a three point game, but the thing that stands out to me is Ole Miss is four and zero. Their their numbers look gaudy, forty one points per game, but only ten points allowed. They haven't played anybody. Three of their games have been at home. They beat Tulsa by eight. They beat Central Arkansas. Yay. They beat Troy. We just mentioned that. Uh, and they went to Georgia Tech, who's already fired their coach. Um, so I'm not okay. They've looked good, but against nobody. Kentucky has played, you know, a couple of max schools, but I think the stand thing that stands up is the one road game they had was at the swamp. To me, if Florida. Hostile territory, prime time. Like, that was a big, big game. And they showed up. They looked good. They they looked the part. They looked like legitimate SEC contenders. They're on the right side of the SEC. They only got to go through pretty much Georgia since the West is where everybody else is at. Uh, I like Kentucky here. Um, the seven points really kind of surprises me. I think they actually could win this game outright. We're probably dead in the water. This is a second game we're going to agree on. This just spells absolute disaster, but I'm putting a unit on the Kentucky Wildcats. I don't, from the betting perspective, I would think, you know, the, obviously the professionals know, but I'm not so sure that, that Joe Public understands that Kentucky's running back has been out all season. They just look at, you know, what scores have happened and, and that sort of thing. I, I, I'm with you. I have no idea why this thing's a touchdown. I figured it'd be a field goal, you know, give them Mississippi the home field advantage of three and call it even. Um, either we're, we're geniuses or we're getting, or we're, or we're jumping right into, into the so-called trap that, that we think the odds makers set for us from time to time. I like Kentucky. I think this team can actually give Georgia a little bit of a run for their money, maybe for a maybe for a half. I don't see them beating them this year. But this is a really good team, and obviously I think the second-best team in the SEC East and and will be in a major bowl game when this is all said and done. You know, I go to the four-letter network quite a bit to, to get my stats and look at games and, and kind of build my profiles when I do these podcasts. And I'm, I'm looking here at their matchup predictor. According to their football power index, I don't know how they compute that or whatever, but they've got Ole Miss – at 78.5% probability to win this game. I mean, I mean that, that's there. It's almost like they're giving Kentucky no chance. I, I don't know why. I'm really confused on why this, what's going on here. The, I, I, again, I like the fact that, that the running back's coming back. And I've been a fan of Will Levis since last year. I, this guy's going to be on an NFL roster and be playing on Sundays in the very near future. This guy is the real deal. I can't pass up a pro quarterback, a first round quarterback in seven points with a team that's as, you know, as good as Kentucky. Oh, I absolutely agree. All right. Uh, that's it. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, one win this week's an improvement for me. Obviously it's not a profit. <laughs> I mean, we're looking for three. When I put out five games, I look for three and two each week. I've had a couple weeks of three and two. The problem is I've been one and four and 0 and five in the other two, and that's that's kind of a disaster. Season totals, Nebraska, obviously I'm counting that as dead, but the other four are looking pretty solid right now. So maybe we'll put a four and one on season totals. I look for this week to you know turn the corner. Let's let's get going. I do really like the two that we we agreed upon. We're two and four. You said together. This is a good week to get to four and four. This is a good week to show a 
positive gain for me and get back on the on the you know the plus side of things as I work my way towards 500. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I like this week. Uh, I didn't bet any of the, a lot of the big games. It was on the Kentucky Ole Miss, but other than that, I kind of stuck with a lot of the mid majors. But um, I, I find this to be a pretty good bettable week. There was. For the guys out there looking, there were a couple of games were moved to Sunday due to what's going on down in Florida. So you even have some Sunday college football action that you can bet on. But um, time to get out of here. We got to give the degenerates a parlay. We did agree on two games. So should we throw those in the parlay? Absolutely. And being that, you know, I'm not hot coming off a bad week, you can throw the third one on and you know, after we go two and zero on the on the combined games, it'll all rest on your shoulders. Yeah, I, I I like that Western Kentucky play a lot. I think I'll throw that in there. So uh, that's it for us here at the zoo. You're looking at the Washington Huskies, the UK Wildcats. That's football, not basketball, and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. That'll be your zoo parlay the the chubby panther parlay if you will um time to get out of here we're hanging out on facebook we're on twitter but mostly it's the book club you guys you degenerates already know that's where we hang out jump in there and shoot the shit with us call us out by name let us know what you did last week what you're going to do this week and when it's all said and done kids it's all just make some money fools Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.